Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, and you are listening to CraftCast. And on today's show, I'm talking to the owner of Schmancy, a wonderful toy store in downtown Seattle, Ms. Kristen Rask, as well as all kinds of news to share, all kinds of goodies. So let's get started. Show number 180. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen. Well, 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 I'm excited to be back in front of the podcast mic. I haven't been in front of the podcast mic for a while, uh, but you can always hear me (laughs) over on the YouTube channel, over on craftcast.com. We have classes every week. I'm always chatting. I really am. But I thought it was time to come over here and do a podcast. I missed you guys. So... What's going on? That's that's really what's been going on is really busy creating great content, uh, working away. Um, and now it's it's flirting with spring, but it's still freezing. Uh, I've been doing a lot of terrarium making in the studio in between making content for CraftCast. That's my little way to keep my keep my hands in the dirt, stay green while it's freezing. But today, today, last day of uh of March, we got the koi pond up and running again and open. The fish came out of hibernation. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they don't turn into ice cubes. So I'm very hopeful. Spring is definitely on the way. (laughs) And I have, what else do I want to share with you? Uh, You know, I want to share, this was so cute. I saw this movie um, when you get the direct downloads and I never would have done it. And I'm so glad I did. It's called Wreck-It Ralph. It's animated. It is so darn cute. Especially if you ever were into any video games in the arcades, you'll you'll go down um, memory lane. But it's really a cute mu- movie. I know that sounds crazy, but I do recommend it. It's very sweet. Wreck-It Ralph animation. Go enjoy. It's fun. Uh, and then I also wanted to tell you about a book I got. Uh, I met the author of this book, Christy Friesen. Uh, because she came online to do the big, if, I don't know if you came on or not, the free event I do called I Love Tools, but we've done I Love Tools, I Love Tools too. I still love tools. This was I Heart Tools. <laughs> so uh, she came on and did some demonstrations. And so uh, we gave away her book. So I got a copy myself to look at, and it's called Flourish. And if you've ever wanted to try polymer clay, this is the book to get, just saying. Just go get it. Uh and go to the CraftCast YouTube channel and watch um, iHeartTools. Uh, you can skip around and move forward and find her demonstration when she shows how she makes her leaves uh, using simply with these tools and polymer. It, anyone who's good like this, I always just call them magicians, but it is so appealing. And her book is a lot of fun. So if you want to just go get some polymer clay, basic tools, 
get that book, get that video, uh, come online. We, she is going to teach online too. You can see over the craftcast.com site under uh, upcoming live classes, the necklace she's going to show how to make all these different flourishes and everything. She is so much fun. But if you ever wanted to play with polymer clay, a book I recommend, just saying, uh, you can get, and if you're listening someplace right now and you can't take notes, come on over to the Craftcast site under, under a podcast and I have all the links. Uh, and then I know all of you now are using iPads because, or lots more of you are using iPads because I get email about, can you watch some of the videos from Craftcast on an iPad, which yes, you can. They're fabulous. Uh, so this is an app. If you're into designing jewelry, it's really, yeah, it would be just for designing jewelry. Uh, Tim McCrite put together an app called Draw Through draw t-h-r-u and it's such a great idea because it gives you all these different um female let's see busts and heads like a photograph and then there's an overlay and you just use your finger and draw your um, ideas what's great about it is it makes you think in a dimension instead of flat like how something would really lie on the neck or um, is it lie or lay on the neck or hang from the ears? So it's, um, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so go check that out. Draw through by Tim McCrite. Uh, and so those are a few, few of the goodies that I've been looking here. I always have so many things to share. It's fun. Um, and today's guest, I interviewed her a way back. I found um, today's guest, Kristen Rask, uh, online, you know, when you're just surfing the web and you find some great website, and her website, Schmancy, is it Schmancy.com? I think it is. No, it's not. It's Schmancy Toys. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> SchmancyToys.com. I fell in love with it because it's, it's, I still love stuffed animals, uh, and I really appreciate her eye for finding it's just not the norm it's not like the normal kid stuffed animal these are art that you'd put on shelves as well really fun type of things anyway she's it's her store is great you'll love what she has to say uh and um yeah she gives good advice so it's you'll enjoy take that a listen uh but before my little chit chat with Kristen. I have some music for you. Uh, this is a person I've played before that I really enjoy, Jill Stevenson. She's going to be doing Dreamer. So enjoy that and then come on back and I'll be chit chatting with Ms. Kristen Rask.
Well, I'm excited to talk to today's guest because when I look at her website, I already start to smile. I'm a big fan of what she does, I have to say. Today's guest is Kristen Rask. She is the owner of Schmancy, uh, a store in downtown Seattle, as well as it's online, schmancy.com. And her mission is to, buy, to provide quirky toys, collectibles, and original artwork to the world. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on, Kristen. It's great to have you. Thanks. Now, how does one get started? What's your background to get started in this? Oh, man. I've been selling things for as long as I can remember and making them, but... Um, oh, really? Since you were little? you were Yeah. Made... Do you remember the first thing you made and sold? Yeah, me and my friends, um, two friends that I met at summer camp in be- between fifth and sixth grade, going into sixth grade, um, we made friendship bracelets. Oh, sure. And at the end of the summer, I think we made $13 each, and it was just like hitting the lottery. And I'm like, man, why don't you want to do this all the time? Well, now, I love this when you're little and you, you hit on something. Now, was it the part that you made money, or is it the part that you got to make stuff? I think it was both that you could make you could make what you want to make and repeatedly, but you can justify it because you're selling it to <laughs> feed your need to keep making them. If that <laughs> That's well put. Yes. <laughs> like you can't own 300 friendship bracelets and make more. You have to sell them. <laughs> and I needed to buy embroidery floss. So. Exactly. And so, all right. So I understand that. So you got the bug and then where did that lead to? You're starting young. What happened next? Uh, then I started doing little craft fairs once in a while in Cleveland. I lived on Haight Street in San Francisco for a few years, so I sold things on the street because there's tons of tourists there, and if you live there, you can kind of get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved here and started working for a small boutique and making stuff for her, but then also you know, started selling more at other shops and kind of got the feel for that. Well, wait, first tell me, what were you making for these other shops? Now, you've moved on probably from friendship bracelets. Yes, I did. Yes. And now (laughs) you're making? I was making jewelry of sorts. Just, I don't, I feel like I'm one of those omni-crafter types that kind (laughs) of just does whatever she's in the mood for. So at the time, I was doing a lot of bracelets and necklaces and barrettes and that kind of stuff. Are you the kind that stays up all night? I am not anymore. <laughs> but you were probably back then, I bet. You're like just was, making, making, making. Yeah, I just, you know, when you're younger, I think right. you can stay up longer. Right. But, um, yeah, I was staying up a lot. And then um, I started making button rings, which is, I was working at a naturopathic clinic at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, I just wore one. I just, like, bought a bag of buttons at the thrift store and use them. I was making more like purses and stuff and I um, would use them for those. And then I just sewed one on a piece of elastic and wore it to work and everyone started commenting on it. I'm like, huh, this could be cool. So I started making those a lot. And then that's how I met Sally who owns Fancy and um, started selling to her. And then we became friends. And then the space next to hers opened and she's like, you should open a shop. And I really didn't like anything I was doing. I finally finished school and two days later I had a lease. So I didn't really think about it, to be honest. 
I have no business plan, which is probably bad. Your business plan was no business plan. Yeah, I guess so. Right. But you, what, signed a lease on a store? Yep. And then you realized, now I have to fill it with things to sell. Yeah, that was crazy. And how long before you opened it after signing your lease? two months. Two months. Mm-hmm. Did you learn a tremendous amount in those two months? Yeah, and like, well, I'm still learning things, but... right. I would say the first year, those were the biggest harsh lessons. Real Now, what was the harshest lesson? I mean, it was just like dumb things. Well, A, I put it all on credit cards, which, you know, debt is never fun. So nope. I finally paid that off. So now I'm like, I'm never getting a credit card again. Right, right. So I think that's, that's good advice. I mean, it's not sound advice financially, but it's good when, I think it's great what you just said. You know, it's like, as so many people say that. I've had many artists say, don't go into debt starting off like this. That was the hardest lesson they learned. Yeah. It's, I mean, it seems if you really wanted to, you know, open a store or whatever, it seems impossible not to go in debt because it's so expensive. Right. But, you know, had I had a business plan and stuff, but on the flip side, if I thought thoroughly through it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Right. Right. (laughs) I know. You know, it's. I don't know. You can easily talk yourself out of it. And it gets scary once you start doing numbers and all that stuff. So maybe for me, it worked just going in blind and managing to make it work. Right. So I don't know. You do, And you're glad you did it, did it right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. My life is – some days I'm just like, I can't believe I get to do this <laughs> work. <laughs> That's how it should be. I'm a big yeah. believer. That's how it should be. Well, now let's talk about – because – um, your store is, the majority is, for a better term, stuffed animals, correct? I would say more like stuffed toys. Thing, toys, Art okay. Toys. Yeah, that, the, stuffed animals is not a good enough word to use. Stuffed, yeah. stuffed items of a variety. You should say I own a toy store that focuses on plush art and collectibles. Perfect. Plush art. I like that even better. It's like, mm, plush art. Now, what's your theory? What is it about plushed art, also known as stuffed animals when you were younger, that is appealing? I think, I mean, there's so many, everything has its own personality, which I love. And for a long time when I opened, I just looked at so many cool things that I just decided I was never making anything ever again because I could never make anything as cool. But then, you know, you kind of get over that and just do your own thing and everything has its own style and personality, which I really enjoy. Like sock monkeys or sock toys. Right. You know, people do that quite a bit. Yep. But I've really never seen any two look the same, which is awesome. Right. You know, even if they're using the same kind of socks, it still has their own personality, which I think is so great. Um, and then I think, I mean, obviously, it's hard in this economy, especially. My Nothing in my store is necessary to live, obviously. But um, it's fun, and everyone deserves a treat. And everyone, I think, appreciates it because it does make them smile. And yeah. You know, you need to smile. <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, when people come in, what's the most common expression you hear from people? Well, cute, obviously. Right. Is, I've uh, actually just thought about doing an experiment. Just, you know how people have swear jars? I yes, mean, yes. 
I've seen those on television. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I should have a cute jar. And every time I hear the word cute, I make people right. <laughs> put a dime in or something just to see what would happen because it is really the most common word I hear. But then I think it's also those people that come in and they're a little confused and they're, you know, think, of course, I sell two kids, mostly four kids and all that. And as they, you know, inspect more, they're like, oh, wait. This is actually really awesome, and I want, like, half of the things in here. Right. Yes, that's, yeah. I always think that uh, back in my earlier days in advertising, I did creative consulting with Disney, and when we would shoot photographs of toys, I'd always had to go past the, oh, that's so good, kind of factor. Then you know it was like, oh, you loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was. But now, would you say your store is for children or no? No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I've tried to get a little bit more kid things in here just because of all the people that are confused. Uh 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 Uh-huh. Well, you know, you could get this as a baby gift, you know, or whatever, and it makes sense. But, um, I mean, so many of these things are out of a price range that I would think I would be feeling okay about giving to a kid just for them to destroy it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, for good reason, but I think if you're going to give stuff to kids from here, it would be more mostly really good decorations for kids rooms. Okay. But, yeah. They have great sense of um I'm looking at your site right now and there's so many great personalities and it's creative it's yeah it gives you room for the imagination yeah for sure now you know did you grow up with stuffed animals did you have that in your life I did and did did. you have a favorite one well my Raggedy Ann doll was like by far my favorite I loved Raggedy Ann too that's so funny you should bring that up because I was just looking at your site and some of your pedal um uh people remind me of the Raggedy Ann feeling yeah 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 Yeah, and I always loved with Raggedy Ann when you could look underneath and see that she had a heart that said I love you yeah it was so cute it was great I mean when I when we would go on family vacations or whatever I'd always say like the first thing I would grab out of my house would be Raggedy Ann if our house was on fire (laughs) isn't that I and how old were you like when you still had her with you do you remember like when it was finally or maybe you still have her? I actually my mom still has her, but um I remember the first time I didn't take her on a vacation. You do. Okay. Like felt like such a traitor, you know? You like, did. Oh man, this is hard getting older and I'm not supposed to want this baby stuff, but I totally am sad and what is she doing by herself? She must be so lonely. Isn't it amazing? You know, my son had my Snoopy I had a Snoopy when I was 15. I gave it to him when he was a baby, and he, (laughs) I'll tell him never to listen to this interview, but he had it till, I want to say 16, he was still bringing it to uh, drama camp, and at that point, he was just saying, don't even make fun of it and leave it alone, and it was, you know, you know what Snoopy looks like, but from holding it for years, we called it skinny neck, because it was, the head stayed on the body by just some thread I kept doing to try and keep it attached instead of decapitated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But it, and it's still saved, but it is something that's just a sense of well-being, security, home, I don't know, special. Yeah, special, yeah. And why shouldn't we have that as adults? 
I know. Right? Yeah, for sure. I love your characters too as well. I'm looking at a Steve Martin finger puppet and a yeah, Mucho Cakes double strawberry. It does make you smile. And I think every, we all need that. Yeah, I agree. So now, do you? how many different artists do you carry in your store? You know, it kind of ranges by what is going on. Like I'm having a plush show October 12th. It opens. So that's over 65 artists that are in the show. It's huge it's, now for artists to be doing plush. Yeah, it's huge. Now, why so, is that? Why is that, do you think? You know, I feel like I've seen so many different types of people do plush. And I think, I mean, from like, because I used to do more art shows with canvas art and whatever. But uh -huh. um, even like my graffiti artists, that I've worked with have done plush, which I think is so awesome. Yeah, really. Um, but I think it's just more accessible and you can make your characters more accessible for the masses if you are doing more traditional artwork as well. And I think because adults are now appreciating it for themselves, you know, you just kind of have opened the market because it can be like a cute, almost like a pillow on your couch, but it, it just has a personality. And I feel like if you have it, it kind of gives you a personality. That's true. You know, it's just like more accessible art. Yes. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, it I, exploded. Is there a certain style? Like I remember, what were the dolls, dolls called, the plush called? And now going back... I want to say maybe 15 years ago, the first Ugly Dolls. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the was, is that, I think that's, that's what they were called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was like, what is this? You know, because yeah. it was sort of a anti-doll kind of thing. Yeah. And where is the direction now? Because that's certainly gone through a huge – I'm looking for mine around the room as we're talking. I know I have one here somewhere. Um, that – Oh, there it is right there. Um, so funny and appealing. And where, what would you say the direction is now? I mean, those, I mean, ugly dolls are so awesome. And I feel like they were the catalyst for everything that's happened since then. But um, they have, I'm looking at my little ugly doll right now. I adore it. Yeah, it's so cute. There's something really appealing and they're very simple, which I always think, you know, there's something to be said for simplicity once in a while yes get really crazy with them which is also awesome but um you know it is funny when you look at an ugly doll and you're like man like the masses have totally gotten attached to these things yes They're in movies and all that stuff and you know I think when people come in here that's also a very common word I hear like oh these are all like ugly dolls and I'm it like is. okay well they're not ugly dolls because that is a brand right. but you know, um, I think that's what everyone can relate to. The people especially that just don't understand my store, they at least know what ugly dolls are. Sure. Well, because so, they made it on the on the scene and everyone related to it when it first came out. It was a big change of plush yeah. dolls. And now I feel like, I mean, there's so much variety and people have really gotten so good at it and really creative with it. And, you know, so there's things that more look more realistic and then there's things that are just totally goofy and weird 
but are still really awesome. And I don't know. Yeah. To, like when people call and they're like, do you have a stuffed seal? I'm just like, not really. I mean, I don't really have much that looks like something in particular, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're also creative. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, now, is there something that inspires you that gets you going? Like, you know, when all of a sudden you go, okay, I'm going to take those buttons now and make whatever. Like, do you, I, give, do you have that for yourself? I do. I don't, I, it's hard to say what exactly, like sometimes it will just be a silly conversation. I mean, a lot of times I'm trying to do more window displays because I'm honestly really bad at it. Okay. And I just don't, I don't know. I just get overwhelmed sometimes, but, um, so I'm like, okay, I, I just remodeled my shop. So I'm like, I'm going to get really good at doing window displays. Okay. Because it should be pretty easy. And then I decided to do like a back to school one. So I made some stuffed pencils and calculators and whatnot. And then my friend, we were texting back and forth one night and he's like, you rule. I'm like, a ruler that says you rule. Nice. Do you know, it's like little things like that, that I think get me more excited than anything. I I understand. I got it. It's like, oh, the visual is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Now, now that you're a business owner, what's the most surprising thing? Like, where do you spend a lot of time that you didn't think would happen that way? You know, give it, give a reality check to people who are like, I want to open a brick and mortar. Give a reality check about where you really spend your time. I think the hardest conversation for me to have with people when they want to open a brick and mortar and because they make things and they think like, okay, I'm doing really well on Etsy. So now I want to sell, you know, in my own shop and da, 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 da. But it is so much more work than you think. So if you're actually selling really well on Etsy or something, you should be really happy that you're doing that and just stick to that. Because owning a brick and mortar shop is so much work of like marketing and, you know, just selling and you just don't have the time to make stuff anymore. And I really honestly thought I'd just be sitting in here and just sewing all the time and it would just be so chill and fun and not that it isn't fun and stuff like that and I have managed to make time again to do stuff like that here but I am in my eighth year and I just remodeled my shop to allow me to have like a sewing area well good congratulations year and it's still a rare occasion when I actually have the time to just sit and sew. Right. So I think the idea of just like making stuff all the time and just having so much time is not really the reality. Right. Now, did you start on Etsy? No. No. Okay. So Etsy wasn't in your background that way. Now, what do you, do you count a lot on social marketing and, and how do you use it? I decided not to do advertisements anymore because I didn't think it was really working for me. So I don't do print ads. Um, I do do mostly social marketing, like Facebook. I have my own blog. Um, And then word of mouth. And I've been lucky that, you know, I'm downtown. So the Seattle Magazine and those offices are down here. So once in a while, they'll come and take stuff for you know, whatever they're writing about. Right. And then um, I'm next to a hotel, and I think that's helped me a lot. Oh, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. 
So I think those have been the best, but I feel like it's mostly word of mouth and people walking by. I'm actually not very good at doing website stuff. Um, I just feel like that's another full-time job and I just don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think I've mainly been word of mouth and yeah, social marketing, I guess. That sounds great about, that's a great idea being next to a hotel, hotel though, because so many people want souvenirs. Yeah, exactly. And this place is so weird that they're like, I don't have anything like this in my city. Exactly. Perfect sort of souvenir. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you don't have a business plan. So do you have a non-plan about where you'd like to see your store go (laughs) or direction? (laughs) Dreams or ideas, not a plan? I do. I actually just, I'm one of the, or was one of the organizers of Schoolhouse Craft. It was um, a three-day conference that just happened last weekend. Oh, yeah. Good to sit in and just do a few of the classes and so I have some ideas about branding. I think I haven't been very good at that either. So um, I have some things to explore, but, and with the remodel, I feel like the store does look just more cohesive. And I feel like a lot more people that maybe would have walked by before and not thought twice are actually coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, now getting them to spend money is mm-hmm. next point. Right. So, Exactly, um, But, you know, I don't want to go anywhere. I love my store, and I feel like sometimes I get pulled in a lot of different directions, and my store almost becomes, like, the back burner thing, which doesn't seem right. So hmm, okay. I'd like to spend more time next year actually focusing on my store and doing less extra projects. Which... No, you gotta you got to focus your energies on different things to see results, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's almost like everything feeds into Schmancy. It's all, you know, to help Schmancy. But there is a point where you're like, yeah, but you haven't swept because you don't have any time. Right, right. In your own store. So, Do you count on a lot of online sales? No, I'm really bad at it. I I don't know what my – I think it's, it's just so hard because everything is one of a kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, not everything, but a lot. Mm-hmm. So to, like, take pictures – and write descriptions right. and all of that has been really, it's just, ugh, it's so hard. And then um, just figuring out a system. So I would like to next year try to do that a little bit better and figure out a system that works so that I can do it more. But um, And then it's hard if I'm ever like out of town or something like that, then if something sells in the store, you know, I don't have regular employees, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't know to take it off the website. Right. Oh, yeah. Got to figure it all out. So I need to figure that out. It but. is a lot. Well, now talk a little bit um, just about Plush You. You said you're the founder and the curator of Plush You. Yes. Now, what is that? So I have a show every year at my store, so um, hundreds of people apply, and I actually, I started it this first full year that I had Schmancy. And it was funny because I had, um, do you know the website Luby Lou? I don't. Claire Robertson, I think is her last name. I could look it up. But um, I was really into her website. And I think she lives in Australia. So I just asked her if she wouldn't mind putting it on her website that I wanted to have this show. And you know, for people to apply. Right. So the next day I got like tons of emails. I'm like, wow, weird. You know, I didn't think it would be like this. 
And then, you know, as the show approaches, um, I had people help me set up the show the night before. And it was mostly my friends and one woman that I didn't know very well, but she does her own art and was in the show and she came to help. And she was like, you know, this is going to be huge, right? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, you know, no big deal. And she's like, no, it's going to be really big. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll see, I guess. Right. I, don't, I don't have any high expectations. And I actually went to dinner the night of the opening early, just figuring, like, I should eat before this happens. Right. It was a little bit late to coming back, but I had someone working here. And I'm like walking towards my street and like, why are there all these people outside? That's so weird. There must be a concert or something. Oh no. And then they were all for this show. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And it was just packed all night and it was awesome. So then, you know, obviously I'm like, well, I'm going to do that again. So I've continued to do it. And that's, I mean, my blog has been just, you know, more about plush toys and, you know, name for that show. Um, so then, yeah, it just continues to grow. And so like people were that lined up to see Plush You and what the toys were. They were that excited. Yeah, I mean, granted, I have, like, at the time I had even a smaller shop. It was, like, the size of a large closet. But, yeah, it was nuts. Isn't that fun? It was really cool. I so, love that. Yeah, and now people come from, like, it's crazy how many people come out for it from... Someone's coming from Bosnia this year, which blows my mind. Someone else came from Germany, I think, one year. And then people come from, like, all over the United States. Well, now, how many people do you get applying, and then how many do you accept? I started charging a few years ago $10 for an application fee just because it's, it is a lot of time sure. to go through it all. And, you know, you just – I don't know. There's obviously reasons for doing that. So – um, I feel like it made people think a little bit more before applying. Good idea, right? People that really are serious about making them opposed to like I'm sitting in front of my TV doing it and not really paying attention. Right, right. Not that there's no place for that either, but, you know, I wanted like the high caliber. Right, sure. Makers. So um, I think this last year I had like 200 or something like that, and I choose about 65. That's great. Yeah, it's fun. Great exposure, great fun. Well, I know it makes me smile looking at all of your things. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. And thank you so much for coming on and like just explaining a bit of the world of plush for all no, of us. No. I know everyone listening is probably like, where did I leave my, my little plush creature that I loved? I know. <laughs> whip out some old sweaters and make something. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Good luck with all your endeavors and your new store. I'm sure you're going to make a lot of people smile in the near future. I hope so. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Well, I hope you all enjoyed my little chit-chat with Ms. Kristen Rask, the owner of Schmancy, a toy store of such in downtown Seattle, as well as you can find her online at schmancytoys.com. Uh, and all of you who have the CraftCast app, you get to hear uh, what Kristen said about what she looks for an artist that she picks for the store. It's a great overview, no matter what kind of art you do when you're trying to get in a gallery. Uh, I think there's some good insight there. So uh, if you don't have the CraftCast app, you can go to your local app store, your Droid store, your iTunes, your Amazon, and you can get that 
and um, easy way to listen to the show. So there you go. Uh, now for my entertaining thought idea of the day, I should call it time to climb up on top of the soapbox. This happened the other day. And it was something that came up, I think is very important in business, especially in today's business online, uh, which, you know, is huge, certainly my business. And not that I'm not a very competitive person, because I am, but I really believe that uh, one of the things I've learned about business is that there's only one formula that allows you to truly succeed, and that's a uh, win-win philosophy. Any other combinations of that, I win, you lose, uh, you lose, I win, let's see, I lose, you win, uh, guarantees everyone playing small. It's just not how it goes. So you know, if you feel you, the only way that you can succeed in your business by making sure someone else stays small in a competitive nature, uh, I believe energetically you're sort of doomed to fail with that plan. <laughs> it's just not the right energy that you need. Uh, there is plenty of room for all to succeed. So uh, you can take a look at how you can use that in your life. <laughs> I'm putting it out there for you, but I just really believe that that is the way to really grow big is, you know, how can I help the other person? We're all in this together. How do we work together to um, move all of our businesses forward? So, you know, it's just a way to think about it. Just saying, take a look around. That's my little soapbox. I can climb climb back down off the soapbox now. But uh, big fan of that win-win philosophy. I win, you win, you win, I win. That's all I got to say. So there you go. <laughs> Well, I've hoped you enjoyed today's show. It's great to be back on the air for the podcast. You can come over to uh, craftcast.com and you can get all the links uh, to today's show. Make sure to come over to the craftcast.com YouTube channel. You can find all those links over at craftcast.com as well. Uh, but you can also search for it. It's really easy. And if you want to uh, leave me a message or talk to me, you can give me a call at 845-535-9143. And all that information is over on the website. So there you go. Another week. Spring is coming. I just know it. So until next time, you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen, you can learn to create something new. It starts inside you.